Dun, dun, dun. Neptunians, it is I, Bobby Neptune, and this is another episode of I Don't Know Yet. So I'm just going to jump right in with my weekly clubhouse update. Um, one thing I'm noticing is that there's a lot of repetitive conversations going on. And um, to still be in the beta stages of this whole app, to be hearing the same conversation like 50 times a day and um, having people have to reiterate shit over and over and over again, it kind of gets tiring. Um, I know for people who run rooms and have clubs that you guys kind of got to do the same shit over and over again just because, you know, you're trying to gain a following from your club and stuff like that. So that makes sense, you know. But when, you know, there's like 16 of the same exact literal conversations, like the same room titles and shit, just words uh, arranged differently, like, you know, men versus women, women versus men, extraterrestrials and aliens, aliens and extraterrestrials. And it's usually the same thing. And it's so crazy. Like, I'll give you an example, right? Um, I don't know how many people are familiar with the Anunnaki. Uh, the Anunnaki are one of the extraterrestrial races that supposedly came down here, fuck with our genetics, and had us mining gold. Reason I'm going with them is because this uh, podcast today is centered around extraterrestrial shit. So you know, but um, there's there's one. Uh, way that people go with it, that the Anunnaki were here to help us and, you know, they were black and, you know, they gave us a lot of tools and things that we could use to help us to, you know, fulfill our destinies as humans, whatever that is. Then there's a whole nother rhetoric that's like, um, the Anunnaki are part of a clique that, you know, enslaved us and they kind of trick us into thinking that we're living a good life and we're doing everything. But they're part of a whole collective of other extraterrestrial beings that got us down here trapped. And you could listen to this one rhetoric in one room and you could listen to this other rhetoric in another room. And then you can listen to rooms where people are saying the exact same thing. And it's a constant It's cool to hear different points of view. It's cool to take mad information and shit like that. But the thing that I'm curious about is when this shit goes completely 100% public and, you know, there's billions of people on fucking Clubhouse, um, what's that going to look like? You know, for like, is is it going to be a place of like... Is it going to be like Groundhog Day? You know what I'm saying? Like every day you wake up and you click on the room, any room, you're hearing the exact same shit because there's people that want to talk about the stuff that's being talked about right now and they're not on Clubhouse. So as soon as they get on there, they're definitely going to be sharing, you know, that information again. It's 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 kind of crazy. And when I think about it, it almost makes my head want to explode. Um, and, and, and another thing I've noticed is it seems like uh, that the same problems from like the regular world, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that shit was brought here. And it makes sense because this is another social media platform. So as much as people like are on Clubhouse's dick and they're like, yeah, you know, this is so awesome. And I've never, you know, thought they were going to come up with something like this and the ability to connect. There's still a lot of people arguing for no reason. Um, you know, there's this huge race rift there. And I think we're seeing it more apparently on Clubhouse than I, well, me, than I've seen in any other app. I mean, just straight up rooms that are like, you know, specifically written um, for specific races. Not saying that you can't go in the room, but like these things are just out there. You know, there's a lot of arguments about race going on. There's, there's just a lot of shit 
um, that is that makes Clubhouse to me looks more like just it looks like a huge room for people to go in and argue or people to go in and be like, I'm gonna teach you niggas something. And then, you know, it's not all bad. Don't let me, you know, come like I'm trying to depress everybody with this Clubhouse shit. But I'm just saying that there are some things to watch out for. But there's also areas where you can, um, you know, meet like-minded people as well. You know what I mean? There's podcast clubs, there's clubs for creatives, there's clubs for people who do music, um, you know, if you do coaching, if you want to get coached or whatever, even though I'm not a huge, like, I'm, I'm not a believer in that shit. I think that, you know, you can sage it up through your life and meet different mentors and things like that. And when you get to a certain point, if you're ready to pay for somebody to coach you, that's cool. But um, that's a fucking scam to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's just Bobby Neptune's opinion on it. Uh, something else that I've been seeing a lot is the idolatry on that shit. The worship. like, And I'm going to use uh, Tesla and Bezos. You know what I'm saying? Because I hear people um, praise these people so hard like these dudes aren't just straight up nerds. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, no, no for real, for real disrespect. But it's like um, to hear people ask, like, what is Jeff Bezos going to do with, you know, since he stepped down? Now, there's a whole bunch of uh, uh, things surrounding stepping down. You know what I mean? That doesn't even specific. I mean, exactly mean what we think it means. You know what I mean? There's a whole bunch of other shit in there. But um, I heard somebody say, like, he's probably going to focus on space travel. And it's like, who the fuck do you think Jeff Bezos is? You know what I'm saying? Like, this dude, you know, was probably getting swirlies when he was younger. You know what I'm saying? He's like, astronauts themselves have to go through rigorous training. So it's like, what you think? Bezos about to step down and then next week he's going to be on a fucking rocket? You know what I mean? Like, same thing with Tesla. Like, these dudes in some spaces are socially awkward as fuck. You think they're ready to go to goddamn space? You know what I'm saying? But let let Clubhouse tell it or any other platform, you know, they can speak to what they think these people are going to do with their bread. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't know Jeff Bezos. I don't know fucking Elon Musk. But and I do. I have heard that, you know, niggas is, is uh, interested in outer sp- in space travel. Yes, I, I you know, I spoke on one of my episodes about Elon Musk talking about taking everybody to Mars, which is stupid on its own. But, um. You know, the, the 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 fact that people, I mean, he was on Clubhouse and I, I um, had heard a recording of it the next day, uh, Elon Musk, and there were people just asking him stupid questions like, what do you do on a, on a Monday? You know what I mean? It's like, come on, dude. Like, you know what I mean? I, I understand y'all want to try to find some trick to be a billionaire like him, but just, just worshiping these people is stupid to me. And I haven't seen more star fucking and worshiping than I have on clubhouse like that's something that you got to be aware of and and you know just make sure that that you know when when you're on that shit um it's insane and uh that's about it about clubhouse because i don't want to turn into a repetitive conversation um next thing and i'm not going to spend too much time on this i just want to know what Lil uzi vert was thinking when he put that diamond in his forehead now the meme that had me crying was the one that showed Thanos pulling the goddamn uh, stone, the diamond from his head, like Vision. Uh, you know, every to each his own, you can do what you want. You know what I'm saying? But I just want to know why. That's all. I just want to know why. I mean, if something were to happen, like you were to have to run and like say, you know, you was running through a park or something like that. Like what if a a, a branch, you know, got attached to that thing and then it like ripped off in the in the midst of you running? Or what if like 
you know, you were crowd surfing in, in, or some shit and it gets caught on somebody's like ring or bracelet or something. I mean, I just feel like that's dangerous. And then for all the people who are like, you know, up on the third eye, isn't that where it is? You know what I'm saying? Isn't it like right in the middle of the forehead? Like, I mean, my fourth eye is open, so my shits are like glasses kind of, you know what I'm saying? But to anybody who's on the third eye wave, isn't that where it is? Like, I I mean, wouldn't putting a diamond in the middle of your third eye kind of like fuck up your pineal frequencies or whatever? I don't know. You know what I mean? Somebody get back to me on that. But I just thought that that shit was hilarious. Um, so Lil Uzi, shout out to you, brother. And, you know, I hope the diamond serves well. Maybe it's, maybe it, it, maybe there's some shit we don't know about it. And it's like a, there's like a genie in there. And like, you know what I mean? He keeps it close because, you know, who the fuck is, wants the genie diamond to fall into the wrong hands? I certainly wouldn't. So if you got a genie diamond, then that's dope as fucking. And, and it's, and, you know, more power to you. But if it's just a diamond diamond, then nigga, watch out for Thanos because you know he's coming for that shit. Um, so to get into the nitty gritty. I said I wanted to talk about extraterrestrials, and that's what the hell I'm going to do. Uh, I want to talk about some of the projects that the government has had. Now, um, there are a lot of schools of thought in this realm of extraterrestrials, okay? So, you know, there's there's a school of thought, like, similar to what I actually kind of spoke about a little bit, that says that we are already on a planet of prison, and that these extraterrestrials have already done what they wanted to do, and some of them are here just to make sure everything keeps going according to plan, but it just already is what it is. There's another side that says that we exist here and, you know, anything can happen. So, Project Serpo. If anybody's familiar uh, with the Roswell, New Mexico crash of 1947, I believe, uh, most people think that there is one. there was one crash in 1947. And they try to say it was a fucking weather balloon or something. The guy, I mean, this is how foolish they're like. They's like, we could just tell these niggas anything because they'll believe anything. But um, uh, unknown to a lot of people, there were two crashes. And uh, the second crash, they actually, you know, uh, the ETs were dead um, at that one as well. But the first crash, there was one extraterrestrial that was living. And they named it EBE-1, which stands for Extraterrestrial Biological Entity Number 1. Now, the, they, they called... <laughs> They said that the EBE-1 uh, informed its quote-unquote keepers. Now, if I know the government, like y'all know the government, if the government is a keeper of you, then that must mean that they've kidnapped you. So you're not going to pull the wool over my fucking eyes, government. You kidnapped the motherfucking alien, okay? The extraterrestrial, you kidnapped it. And it said that um, they were trying to uh, get this EBE to contact its home planet, which was called Serpo. That's what the extraterrestrial said. 40 light years from here in the Zeta Reticuli uh, star system. You know what I mean? And um, the ET was never able, or the EBE was never able to contact its home planet and unfortunately passed away in 1952. But in December of 52, the uh, contact was made somehow. So I don't know if, you know what I mean? Maybe the contact was, maybe it took them a minute to receive the message and then they were like, you know, boom. But um, contact was made in December of that year. For the next nine years, uh, we continued to, you know, be in touch with these um, 
Serps, I don't even know how to, you know, I wouldn't know how to, but these, these beings from planet Serpo. Um, and within that time, an exchange program was formed between Earth and Serpo, which was the Zeta Reticuli exchange program. Twelve American astronauts, ten men, two women were picked. None of them were married. None had children. And uh, the reason being is because they would be gone for ten years. So you're not just going to skate from your family for ten years. Um the exchange took place on April 24th, 1964, and it left out of um, the, sh- the mothership landed at Holloman Air Force Base. And that's also where it left. Um, it said that, you know, these people, I don't know how big this mothership was, but it said that they brought trucks, jeeps, uh, basically everything that a city has except for the buildings. So that ship must have been huge. Um, upon uh, traveling to the actual planet, one of the uh, American astronauts actually died. Um, they said it was due to an accident on board. No telling what the fuck happened. Um, they land on this planet. The planet is has two suns, and it's 170 degrees all the time, which they said was very uncomfortable, I can fucking imagine, and it was a problem for, um, you know, some of the uh, some of the astronauts. They were supposed to stay there for 10 years, but the 10 years turned into 13, uh, due to the fact that one day on planet Serpo was 40 hours, two suns, calendar, missteps, a whole bunch of shit. Um, so they end up staying for 13 years, uh, and due to the radiation... Uh, two of the astronauts actually died on the planet. Um, there were, you know, upon their, upon um, them supposed to be coming back, two astronauts loved it so much that they decided to stay there. It really, that really boggles my mind because that's when I'm like, okay, did radiation really kill them or did they just get into a situation? Because if I know humans, then I know after a few years on another planet, we think we lived there. Like we think we born and raised, you know what I'm saying? We think we run the shit. So we could have easily gotten into it with, you know what I mean? Bumped into the niggas in a bar or some shit, got in a bar fight and then boom, it's over. Because why? would if they die from radiation why would two astronauts decide to stay you know um but it is what it is uh the ones that returned home returned home in 1978 and they spent a year under government quarantine now to me i feel like that was like they was getting hit with the meanest mk ultra ever lsd everywhere hypnotizing all that shit just to kind of bring that 10 like Put that shit away so they can't really remember it. Because, I mean, if I was on another planet for 10 years, not me personally, but if I'm just them and I'm on another planet for 10 years, I come back, you know, 10 or 20 years down the line. I might not say nothing about it immediately, but 10 or 20 years down the line, I'm definitely going to talk about that shit with somebody. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's no way, shape or form. So they probably wanted to make sure that they were... um you know, complete, like if they did remember it, they'd be like, I had the weirdest dream last night. And then just say, man, I dreamt I was on another planet and blah, blah, blah. And that's like really what you did. Um, it said that the last surviving member died in 2002. Now, you know, I must, I, I would hope that, you know, the, the people that came home had children or something like that. So they still have a bloodline out here of some people who've actually gone to Serpo. But the crazy thing is, if that actually did go down, um, I'm sure that there's been plenty of exchange programs, and that's probably only one. Next, we have Project Blue Book. Now, Project Blue Book started in 1952 and ceased in 1969. Now, uh, in Project Blue Book, it was basically to study if uh, UFO sightings were one real, you know, not real, but if they could be identified as actual unidentified flying objects. And two, if they pose a threat to national security. And one thing I found uh, funny in my uh, research is that 
uh, uh, that pretty much all of the main things, which makes sense, is to find out if all these projects, every transfer, every new project, anything, and this is from America to, you know, all over the world, they're always wanted to make sure that the ETs were not a threat to national security. Like, that's the main thing. Um, so there were 12,618 sightings from 1947 to 1969. And out of that 12,618 sightings, 701 um, remain unidentified. So they were able to identify whether it was Venus, satellite, swamp gas, you know what I'm saying? Whatever it was, they were able to debunk, you know, a decent amount of these um, UFO uh, sightings. And, you know, I actually was listening to a researcher uh, a couple weeks ago and he was he's a debunker, too. And he was talking about, um, you know, they go through hours and hours and hours of film a day and, and just sitting watching all this footage and shit. And they said and he said, like, he may go through a week's worth of footage and, and, and out of seven complete days, like a full seven days. Maybe on the seventh day, he'll find some shit that's like really anomalous and unexplainable. So even that 701 unidentified is a lot. Um, it was headquartered out of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And um, one of the main uh, one of the main cases that they had was the Portage County UFO chase that took place on April 17th, 1966. Now, 5 a.m. this day, a police officer saw a silver disc object a thousand feet above him. Now, this is the thing, right? I know what a plane looks like. I know what a kite looks like. I know what a tree looks like. I know what a helicopter looks like, a bird, all that shit. So a thousand feet is not that high. 30,000, you can, you can tell what a plane looks like from 30,000 feet. So a thousand feet up is not that high. If you're looking at some shit that's a clear disc shaped object, you know, with lights on the bottom, you know what you're looking at. Nobody could tell me anything different. So they saw this object above them. It gave chase and they pursued it, um, saying that it dropped as low as 50 feet. And there were also several other jurisdictions uh, of police officers chasing this shit. Now, by the time it was over, it ended in Freedom, Pennsylvania. But here's the kicker, right? This shit made the news. I don't I'm not 100 percent sure if it was local or national, but I know it. I mean, obviously, it made local news. I don't know if it went national. Definitely made the local news. But the kicker is that in the long run, they said that it was that the officer was pursuing a satellite. And then the officer was pursuing Venus. So he pursued the satellite till it, you know, I guess went out of his vision or whatever, or their vision. And then they ended up looking at Venus. I mean, come on. You cannot come up to me and tell me that I didn't see something a thousand feet above my head that looked like a damn UFO. And now it's not that. It was a satellite. Ain't no satellite a thousand feet above my head. And if there is, then NASA and whoever the fuck else is in charge of satellites, I think you need to get somebody else to build your next one because it's too low. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the way that they just go about, um, changing up the rhetoric and then telling people what they saw. And then because, you know, uh, you know, sometimes seeing shit like that, like I remember when I had my first UFO experience, I went to sleep that night, like feeling like the world had ended and shit. Like, I was like, what am I going to do? How do I face the world? Like, how do I get up and live now knowing like there was one thing to, to be like, this could be real. You know, if it was real, that'd be dope. Like people have all these, <laughs> you know, you think that you want something and then you get that shit and you're like, damn, now I have to re, 
I have to retool my whole mental. I got to throw certain fears away because it's not going to help me to, you know, live any longer and shit like that. It was it was devastating to me, you know, but I, I, you know, I I woke up new. I woke up refreshed and it was like I had a new like my eyes were open a little bit more. And then, I, you know, I actually as as crazy as it sounds, it was calming. You know what I mean? To kind of to kind of know this stuff, because it makes you feel like um, the 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 things that we go through on Earth aren't really shit. Like, the, you know, what I mean, as far as like paying bills and doing shit like that, like all those things you can you can work your way out of. You can even, uh, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of fucked up shit here. You know what I'm saying? But there's also ability, opportunity, um, you know. Uh, the ability to raise ourselves and our vibrations and, and know who we are and, you know what I'm saying, know what we stand for and know what we can do. You know what I'm saying? So once you kind of know that part of it, then you're like, yo, I can do anything on this planet. Like, what the fuck? And so um, there, you know, this one is not actual. Pro- well, I guess it is a project, but they didn't call it a project. This one is called the Robertson panel. January of 1953, uh, this panel was led by Howard Pete Robertson, who was a physicist and a mathematician. And this was in response to so many sightings appearing in the U.S. and actually the previous year of 1952 going into 1953, mainly the sightings in D.C. And you can look those up. You know what I'm saying? Those sightings are actually like infamous with D.C. One of them, I think there's like seven UFOs right over the White House. Um, So... You know, the report was originally classified and it concluded that UFOs were not a threat to national security, but they could pose an indirect threat to standard military communications, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, one of the main instances of of this Robertson panel that they discussed um, was the 1952 D.C. UFO incident, a.k.a. the invasion of Washington. Now, um, senior at 11.40 p.m., senior air traffic controller Harry Burns wrote that immediately we knew we were in a strange situation because the movements were completely uh, different and radical in comparison to a normal aircraft, which, you know, if you got a person who is a senior air traffic controller and it, you know, it stated that he reached out to a lot of other um to a lot of other uh, uh, to other Air Force bases in the area. You know what I mean? Like he had him on speed dial, basically. You know what I'm saying? And so if you're looking at this dude is credible. You know what I mean? As, as far as we can, as far as we're concerned, this is a credible dude. He wasn't the only one that saw it. He's just a, he's a senior air traffic controller. So he was the one that has to make the call. But other people saw it and put him on to it. Like, yo, this is what's going on, you know? And so they track these. They, they, they pretty much track these UFOs, you know, until they were away from the White House. Now, you fast forward to July 26, 8.15 p.m., and a stewardess sees a, on a United Airlines flight, I believe, sees uh, crafts above the plane. Now, listen, I, like, like, shit, it's scary, you know what I'm saying, on this earth, but I don't know what would be scarier than flying in a damn plane and seeing two or three unknown objects above you, and I'm not talking, like, some shit where it's like, oh, there's probably a person in there and, you know, it's just a new type of plane. I'm talking about some shit that you've seen on Star Trek. You know what I mean? So she reports this. The pilot reports it. And about 1130 p.m. that day, that night, two U.S. F-94 Starfire jets pursued the crafts at maximum speed. But they gave chase. I mean, they ceased the chase because <laughs> in the in one of the, the one of the pilot's own words, it was futile and there was no chance in catching them. 
So, you know, these things are just there. You know what I mean? These are the, the reason I point out these two instances is because they are right there on, you know, uh, good old White House, Washington, D.C. soil. Or above it, you know what I'm saying. And these things, are, like these, are they're, they're public record. So like you could look this shit up, and it's like when you know, just like they're talking about, um, there was 180, 180 days before the UFO disclosure and all that shit. You know what I'm saying. And this is what begs. This is what kind of goes back to you know one of the ideologies: Are we on a prison planet type thing? And is this all just part of the narrative? You know what I'm saying. Each UFO we see, each. I mean, there is another project. I didn't really even get into this one yet because I was gonna. I'm gonna save it for the next one. This is probably gonna be a two or three parter here. But Project Blue Beam. You know what I'm saying. There's Project Blue Book. Blue Beam is supposed to be the one where they. Uh, uh, you know, it's supposed to be a, a, a fake invasion or like a holographic apocalypse or some shit like that. So, you know, just the fact that these things are out there being talked about or, you know, stuff that's being used to just keep us busy and, and take our eye off the prize. Who knows what it is? But it's fun to talk about. And it's kind of dope to know that the government, um, you know, placates to this shit as well, whether they believe it or not, or whether all these things actually happen. It's still there, you know? Uh, the Robertson panel can also be found in what's called the Durant report. And I just, I'm, uh, uh, from what I know, that's just a bigger report of other, it's got other stuff in it as well. And, um, you know, uh, it's just more extensive, I guess. So that is it on the project panel side for this episode. But I do want you guys to know that I'm going to be revisiting because there's a whole slew of other projects that uh we definitely got to get into so i'm gonna speak to some of those in the you know in the in the next episode but i want to talk about the tunguska blast of 1908 still staying in the realm of extraterrestrials mysteries and anomalies um the tunguska blast of 1908 happened at 7 13 a.m on june 30th and it flattened 2,000 square kilometers which is 500,000 acres of pine forest 500,000 acres let me say that again. 500,000 acres. Do you, do you know how big that motherfucking crater is? 500,000 acres. The thing is, I'm just like, I feel like those, these, like the Tunguska blast should be something that's always brought up. You like Chernobyl. Like those things shouldn't just fall to the wayside when we're talking about unexplained shit. Um, witnesses reported that there was a fireball. And, and now this is the thing. Nobody really, like they just said it was a huge fireball, but it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a 2,000 square kilometer fireball. It was just a big one. You know what I'm saying? And uh, followed by the trembling of the ground and hot winds strong enough to knock somebody on the ground, which I'm assuming it actually did. You know, so um, after that, they also experienced, I guess, a couple weeks of bright nighttime skies. So that like though all those things, not only I mean, yes, there's definitely scientific explanation behind all of this shit, because if it's if it was an asteroid or a comet or something like that, you know, these are things that happen. Um, but when they looked for what actually hit the ground, <laughs> all they found was tiny fragments of some space material that they are assuming was an asteroid or a comet still to this day that's 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 what the you know that's what the that's what the answer is um and the three things that they cannot answer is what it was made of what type of body caused the explosion and how big it was 
So you so if scientists can't answer those three questions still, then bro, what the fuck? You know, that's when you got to have your mind on that shit where it's like, okay, it could definitely have been an asteroid disintegrated upon entry to the atmosphere or hit the ground and exploded into a whole bunch of, you know, tiny ass particles that dissolved or something. Like, send your mind down the logical rabbit hole completely, but also know that there is a lot of unexplained shit. And And when you say unexplained unknown, it doesn't mean that it's like not real or something. It just means that we haven't figured the shit out. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is, we haven't figured it out, and there's no telling if we ever will. But the Tunguska Blast of 1908 is very, very interesting to me. Also, Ray mentions it in Ghostbusters, the beginning of Ghostbusters. That's kind of what even got me on this shit. In the like back when I was a kid, I didn't even know what it, I didn't even know it was a real thing. And then I like I think looked it up like in the early 2000s, and I'm like, oh shit, this is real, and it's actually. Like an anomaly. So, you know, I mean, the Tunguska Blast of 1908, something to think about. And, you know, um, I'm sure there's way more in-depth information on it. But I think the most important shit is that they don't know what the hell it is, how big it is, and, like, what it even looks like. What You know what I'm saying? Like, that, it... it it's it's amazing to me, the things that have happened in our history, yo. Like, it's dope. And, I'm, and you know what I mean? Like... Just the just the anomalies in its in, in 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 themselves, you know what I mean. All of the mysterious shit, like I talked about, you know, the cryptids, Bigfoot, and the New Jersey Devil, Loch Ness monster. I mean, yes, um, a lot of these stories can be stories created to put fear in kids' hearts so they don't go too far in the woods, and you know. Uh, make sure people don't sail too far out and make sure people stay out of certain areas that could be dangerous. But at the same time, they've been they've been carried on throughout. Hundreds and hundreds of years. I mean, the Brothers Grimm, you know, fairy tales come from the Brothers Grimm and the Brothers Grimm wrote them shits. And like they weren't all like peaches and cream and happy like Snow White wasn't wasn't what we think it was like the original Snow White story was different. The original Hansel and Gretel story was different. The original Big Bad Wolf, there was blood, there was guts, there was death. And, you know, uh over time, we've changed it for our own narratives because people like being soft and, and, and they love happily ever afters. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, you know, we do have to know shit is real, you know. Um, so, you know, there's a guy out there and his name is Robert Bingham and uh, he's a UFO summoner. Now, Stephen Greer, if anybody knows who Stephen Greer is, he's the dude who's on like Above Majestic and he, you know, he, I guess, you know, he fucks with aliens <laughs> from what, you know, that's just, that's the, to summarize, make a long story short. He's got this app, uh, the C5, CE5, something like that. And it's a $10 app, which, you know, I'm not going to talk about that part, but, uh, it, um, it allows, it teaches you a meditation that allows you to contact extraterrestrial beings and, you know, you can ask them questions and you can ask them to move around in the sky. And I guess they'll do all that shit. Seems a little jinky to me. You know what I'm saying? I might have to refer to my Velma on this one. But um, this guy, Robert Bingham, similar dude. I'm sure Stephen Greer knows about this guy. Um, Robert Bingham said that he could summon UFOs using a technique that he found out that he had. And he started in 2012. He started um, telling others that they could do the same. And he 
uh, he gave classes and taught people how to do that shit. Um, he's gained thousands of followers, pretty uh, notable dude. And um, he's actually been on the, like in the New York Times. He's been on a lot of BBC networks. He's, you know, been interviewed by everybody. And the people that he's taught the technique to have um, allegedly said they've had excellent, excellent results and they've shared pictures. Now, you know, um, if you can get somebody to roll with you and be part of your clique and your tribe, you can pretty much get them to do what they what you want them to do. So there can be, you know, a huge hoax behind all this. But I have looked at, um, you know, some of his footage, you know, and some of that shit is, it, 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 you know, you really just like, OK, what the fuck was that? You know what I'm saying? Now, obviously, I'm not a debunker, so I would need to sit next to someone and that does that shit and have them be like point out the specific anomalies in the video. But um. You watch some of them shits and you're like, okay, bro, you you might be onto something there, you know. And 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 you know they're not like huge motherships or nothing like that, but it's like it's like little like little beings, like not little beings, but like you just gotta you gotta watch the shit, you know what I'm saying? Um, you can actually subscribe to his YouTube page and it's uh you know YouTube whatever, but it's UFO Robert Bingham slash YouTube and uh, you know he's got some videos up there. I'm sure he's got some shit out there you can buy because who doesn't? You know what I mean? Um, but he used to call himself the ambassador uh, to the kingdom of the Most High, which is a very, very, very dickhead name. But you know what I'm saying? Go ahead with your bad self, Robert. Um, and people uh, cho- chose to call him the Summoner instead because that's you know that makes sense for the skill that he says he possesses. Um, you know, so I just think it's very interesting that, you know, uh, somebody like that is out there, especially, you know, his story kind of dates back a little bit er, like earlier uh, than Stephen Greer with the CE5 and this app. I'm sure Stephen Greer knows, uh, you know, has been on that wave before this, before the app. But you know what I mean? There's always and there's another guy, too. I can't think of his name, but there's another dude that that says he can summon UFOs, too. Um, so, you know, it's interesting to hear these things and to kind of think about it in your mind, like, what was this dude doing that these things decided to pick him? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it, is it because he is so susceptible to being taken advantage of and convinced to do things? Or is it because he's strong and, and he could lead a revolution? Like, who knows what these things are? And that's why I say, like, thinking both ways and absolutely knowing that both ways could be true is the I think that's the best way to not get too caught up in going one way or another way. You know what I mean? Um, there's a there's a CIA declassified doc as well that came out March 27th of 1993 that said 23 Russian soldiers were turned to stone by ETs. Now, it says that um, there was a low flying saucer. Now, I look. The way that they, some of these things pop off, it's like, what was the UFO, what was the UFOs doing? Like some of them just be the way that some of these projects and, and documents are. Some of them just be floating around. Like, like why? You know what I'm saying? It's like this, you this was just having to be a low flying saucer. Like, what were you doing? And it was a low flying saucer, not there just chilling because one of the soldiers shot it down with a surface to air missile. So if it, if you know what I mean, what were you and and and. Here's something that really it, it kind of gets me too, right? You know, for the 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 instances I've seen and heard where people are like, where the you know the the, the people who are involved in these things were like, yo, we couldn't catch it; it was too fast, or we tried to shoot at it and it didn't do anything. What kind of fucking UFOs they got that you could just shoot down with regular military guns? 
You know what I'm saying? Like, what did they take the cloak off? Did they, you know what I mean? Are they the, like the, you know how we got like old, like the original car, like the original Ford and shit like that? Like, are the UFOs around here like the old school hoopty pinto joints that you could just shoot down with regular missiles? Or did the missile, was the, was the, the soldier, did they have ET tech? You know what I'm saying? Do we have the ability to hit them with their own shit because we've learned how to build it or they've given it to us? Those are questions that they don't put that shit in here. Just dude shot it down with a missile and it didn't shoot it down completely because when they hit the ground, five of these ETs got out. And the thing it's it, it, that like I think I said this before, it cracks me up like crazy is that um, I'm just thinking of like somebody shooting your car and then you just being like what the fuck is this nigga crazy like so they got out on shit like they and that's the thing it's like yo what do we do you think that they don't have that they wouldn't have the same reaction like yo nigga i'll be damned you know what i'm saying if a human is going to shoot me down so it says when these ets got out they all um formed a collective electric ball and exploded and after they exploded, these people were turned, some of them turned to dust, some of them turned to stone, and two of them survived. Um, it's, it, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of it's kind of crazy. And, you know, it's, it, what's actually ill is there's another story out there. Um, I can't remember, like, specific details, but there's another story out there of, of some Russian soldiers who were, like, on a, um, I don't know what the fuck they were doing, but they were, like, on a mountain or something, and they got, like, vaporized and shit. So, like, there's, like... These things have happened. Now, we don't know if their own government decided, like, yo, let's just vaporize our people or if, um, you know, some shit just popped off and, you know, it, you know, it's, other things happen. Like I said, it's always good to think both ways. I'm Bobby Neptune. This has been part one of the projects. And don't worry, unlike the actual projects in the United States... I'm going to do some maintenance and I'm going to make sure I come back better than ever with more information on some more of these projects. So make sure that you stay tuned for projects part two and stream all of the episodes of I Don't Know Yet that are out now. Also, all the EPs from me, myself and I, Bobby Neptune on Apple Music, Spotify and all the above. I will be back in a couple days next week, maybe even later tonight with another episode of I Don't Know Yet. Bobby Neptune, over and out.